happy new year. Welcome to Church in the Village. Will you stand and maybe say hey to a neighbor, share a little bit about what you did for the new year? Well, good morning and happy new year. Um, you can be seated real quick. Just a couple quick things for you as we as we uh, kind of start our year off worshiping together. Um, we will have Village Crossing this Thursday at the Ministry Center. Even though we're in the middle of a book, if you want to come out and join, you can. We kind of keep it where you can just kind of join in at any time. Um, so if you want to do that, we, we meet at the Ministry Center at 630. Um, just come on in on Thursday and that'd be great. Um, we're going to be planning some things for the year. Um, coming up, we got some things for youth, and we got some things as families. We got a lot of things going to go on that we're going to try to get to in 2022. But I do want to start off praying a little bit this morning. I'm praying for the Gallagher family. Um, she texted us all yesterday morning. Their whole family's sick, and um, <clears throat> so we want to pray for them. We want to keep praying for Hunter Goodpastor. We've been praying for Hunter. I got to do a little FaceTime call with him yesterday, and he's doing great. And it looks like there's some things that he's going to. If we keep praying, keeps getting stronger. He may even have to get, be able to bypass um, the the um, um, therapy center. Like he may be able to just come straight home if he keeps hitting his milestone. Could keep praying for Hunter. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I had one more and I can't remember. Am I missing anybody, Nicole? Oh, I did get to visit Penelope Mann um, a couple days ago, and she's doing great. Um, they're um, they're adjusting to life. Um, as a family of three, but not just a family of three, a family of three with a six-month-old that, that is on a trach, and uh, they're doing fantastic. We want to keep praying for Dylan and Bridget, um, and they found out some really good news because Dylan, or Bridget is a nurse. Um, she got to become one of their night nurses um, so that she could take care, but not only did she get to do that, she actually get, she gets paid. She gets paid to watch her own daughter at night. So it's kind of a blessing for them. And she, she got overtime for the first time ever at Christmas by watching her. And Dylan got mad because he's like, well, I did half of it. Where's my pay? But uh, um, but it doesn't work that way, right? But uh, keep praying for Dylan and Bridget and, and Penelope. Um, hopefully they'll be here soon um, visiting with us. Um, remember, let's, let's continue to remember Amber and Brian and the kids as well. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love, your grace, your mercy. Lord, I thank you so much for a new year that um, that new years bring new promises, but not just new promises, it brings new focus to your promises. Um, so Lord, let us focus more on those promises in 2022 than we probably did back in 2021 and 2020, and let it not just last through January, Lord, let us just absolutely lean into you trust your spirit, wait on you. Lord, I pray for the Gallagher's this morning. I pray that you come on their family and just be a God of, the God of healing to them, the great physician. We, we lift up Hunter this morning and we pray that you continue to get his strength underneath him and his lungs healthy and his body healthy. 
We praise You for the miracles that's happened in His life already, but we continue to lift Him up. We do pray for Dylan and Bridget and Penelope this morning, Lord, that she continues to get stronger and stronger. And one day when um, the trait gets to come out, Lord, we, we're going to rejoice in that. But in these moments, as they're waiting for that, let them raise this young lady in You. Lord, I pray for church in the village as we enter a new year. I pray that You just fill us with Your Spirit. Let us make a huge impact in our village and the villages all around. Let your gospel be preached. Let your love be shared. And let your mercy pour out on everyone that we come in contact with. Lord, we give you the rest of this service. Lord, I pray that your spirit just weaves in and out of our souls and and fills us up this morning. Let us see something we've never seen. Let lives change that, that, that have needed that change. As we sing these songs, let us just be given a glimpse of heaven. Let our songs and our worship and our praise and our preaching and our community be pleasing to you. Let it be a pleasing sacrifice. Let it be a aroma sacrifice that, that just puts a smile on your face. You are our audience this morning. And we give you the glory for all that you're going to do. We ask this in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You can stand. As we sing this song this morning, let's resolve our hearts to start this year in worship to God. Making Him the priority of our lives. No matter what else you may be facing in your jobs, in your lives, or in your health, Focus our hearts and minds and resolve to put God first in all things. Sing with me as we sing a raise a heart.
say to jump, I'm diving in. If you say be still, then I will wait. If you say to trust, I will obey. You're the only truth, the life, the way. I'm done chasing feelings. Spirit, lead me. song we're going to sing. It's a new song. Um, It's been on my heart lately. It's just really simple. It's one of those songs that you can just kind of get lost in singing the same words over and over again. And I was just thinking about how the world kind of measures us and how God measures us. And over and over again in the Bible, God measures our hearts. There are people in the Bible that from the world's standards would have been very successful. But in God's standards, they were totally lost. The words of this song say, I don't have much, but I have a heart that beats for you. about what we bring to God. Sometimes we don't feel like it's a lot. You know, we bring our mess. We bring broken relationships. Failure at work. We don't feel like we have much. But at the end of the day, all God really wants is your heart. you guys, but there's been days where I felt like a complete failure at life. And I'm so grateful to worship a God that just wants my heart. So as we sing this song, remember that's all he wants. He's not looking for the strongest, smartest person, the most talented person, the most popular person, He just wants your heart, whatever state it's in this morning. So have the courage to give that to him today.
I pray that those words would be like a sweet fragrance to you, Lord. In a world that doesn't value someone's heart very much, I know, Lord, that this gathering of people offering up their hearts to you is the most beautiful gift. surrender our lives to you each day. We would surrender our families and our jobs and our strengths and our weaknesses and let you have it all. Because you are worthy, Lord. You are so worthy of all our lives, of all our gifts and talents, of all of our words, so we lay them at your feet, Lord, as an offering right now. Speak to us through Eric. Give him boldness. Give him the words that we so desperately need to hear from you. And give us the humility, the ability to hear. We love you, Lord, and this is all in your name and for your glory. In the most precious name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Judah. Um, <clears throat> what a beautiful song to end with. Man, I'm way off. I thought I was there and I wasn't in the middle. Um, um, give our heart. So, kind of been my prayer the last few days. Nicole would tell you I've been kind of quiet the last few days. Yesterday wasn't quiet in the first half. Second half got really quiet. Notre Dame game. Um, I'm not going to bring it up, but I felt like I just got to get it out. You know what I mean? Got to get it out. Um, but, um, you know, I'm maturing in my life. Um, there's some things I'm maturing in, right? Um, I don't, I don't hang on to those ball games as much, right? I don't hang on to the, the losses as much. A little bit yesterday, but, you know, kind of got away from it. A little, little maturing things. Brody's maturing through these games as well. Um, and then there's some things naturally that I'm maturing in. Um, I woke up this morning, and it felt like a car had hit me. Does anybody else feel the same? Like, I don't know what I did in the middle of the night. I don't know what I did when I was sleeping. All I know is when I woke up, I hurt when I put my foot on the ground. Nobody else feels that way? Just me? Please help me out here. Is that the wrong way? Yeah, Adam, you guys got me, right? Um, I don't know what happens in the middle. I don't know what, what's going on and why my body feels like that's the mature way that it should be is that you hurt when you get old, when you sleep. Like in the middle of sleep, like I woke up in my neck and my shoulders, and I'm like, I haven't done anything. I must have got up and worked out in my sleep last night, um, but it sure didn't show when I woke up. My body didn't look like I worked out. But um, but there are times that, you know, I know I'm very mature in my thinking. Right? I, there's things that that I, I can understand now the older I get or or I've been through some things, but... Then there's times I'm going to tell you that there is, I'm not very mature in my thinking. If you want to see those times in my life, just turn on one of Adam Sandler's Grown Ups movies. And just the um, idiotic humor that's in those Grown Ups movies that will make me laugh out loud, and I've seen them a hundred times. I felt like they were on every night through Christmas break. 
And the coals just like, we'll turn them on and we just watch them when they go to the water park and all those just goofy things at the water park. And, you know, so I feel like, hey, you know what, I'm mature. And then I watch one of those movies and I feel like a middle school kid again. Like I'm just laughing at these just body jokes and all these little things. And Shaq's in the second one. And Shaq's character in the second one just makes me die laughing every time I see him. And it's just... So, you know, I, I realize that maturing is, in my life is just going to be... It's going to be a process. I don't, want to get too, I don't want to get too mature, right? But also don't want to be too immature. You see, we've been talking over the last few months about... Um, breaking free to a life of faith. And as we learn how to trust in God's mercy and grace, we need to learn to trust that more than our performance in the law, right? We've been talking about all that, and we're going to continue to talk about that. You see, we need to understand that maturing in faith might look a little bit different than what we think it does or whatever we've been taught growing up. So as we dig in this morning to chapter 4, like right in verses one through three verse one says this i mean that the heir and if you go back to verse 29 it says and if you are christ then you're abraham's offspring heirs according to the promise so paul brings it back and says i meant i mean that the heir as long as he is a child is no different from a slave though he is the owner of everything but he is under guardians and managers until the day set by his father. In the same way also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. And then we'll dig in a little bit into chapter or verses 4 through 7 next week. You see, Paul reinforces what we learned a, a few weeks ago about this idea of the law being a guardian. The law being this... this Basically, babysitter that protected the child as they were on their way to school or on their way to where they were going, and they taught them how to live their life and and the way things that you're supposed to do and not to do. And he kind of reinforces, like you know, the law was this; it was a guardian. But he goes a step further by saying that as a child, we don't really have any rights. Now, what what Paul is meaning here in in this verse is is saying when you're a child, when you're like ages birth to about 12, you really don't have any rights in the family. Especially in that culture. I look at my kids, Lily's mouth has just dropped right now because she's 11 years old and she thinks, I have no rights. You don't. Right, Brody Brody will be 15 in, in March, Lily will be 12 in February. But what Paul is stating here, in their culture as a child, you were no different than a slave or no different than... Anything that was in the household there that wasn't of that family, you just had the name. But that name didn't become important until you got to age. I think of me and my sister's life that we were always told, you know, I I shared that a month ago about remember whose you are and who you are. That name Clarkson. We never really realized that until we probably graduated, got out of of the house and... um, And it's like that. See, this child, yes, he's part of the family. But you really didn't have any rights to the kingdom until we came to age. So yes, we're we're sons and daughters of God. or We're children of God. We're creations of God, right? 
But until we mature in our life, in our minds, we don't have any rights to the kingdom. But you see, the sons and daughters, not the child, but the sons and daughters have become co-heirs in the kingdom. See, there's a difference there between just a child and a son and daughter. And we'll kind of dig into that here in a bit. Um, So two questions as I get going this morning. The first one is, how is it possible to become a son or a daughter of God? And the second question is this, what does it mean to be mature or a mature Christian or a maturing Christian? So how is it possible to become a son or daughter of God? It's timing. I believe timing is everything. Um, before Christmas break started, before school let out, this is my, you guys are in my, this is where my classroom meets at the second part of the day, and I usually sit back there on that back wall. That's why those chairs are always back there. And um, the bands were kind of practicing. A couple weeks before we went on break, the bands were practicing their Christmas concerts. Choir was practicing their their Christmas concerts and and it was fun because I got to sit back there in the back in the dark and kind of listen and um, what I did notice um, was when they first started the song a couple sections got out of timing right they were working on different timing they were doing that song that always said I could play in Mr Oliver's band because. They had a guy playing the two-by-fours. Is that song like it's the whip of the whore? You know what I mean? I can play that two-by-four, right? And the timing was off in that song. I can't even think what the name of the song is. but um, it, And you couldn't even recognize the song. Like, I think it was the brass section was playing at a whole different timing than the woodwind section. And I'm like, what in the world is this song? I've never heard it. Mr. Oliver's got something weird going on. And the timing was just off. And you see... In our lives, I think timing can be off sometimes. Matter of fact, I'll go as as far to say that I think rhythms in life are the second most important thing in our life right after a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, what do you mean by rhythms in life? This is what I mean by rhythms in life. Is that it's not just a schedule and it's not just a plan. It's just, it's a healthy rhythm that brings our heart closer to God, right? Boom, 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 read my Bible, boom, boom, boom. Get in community, boom, 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 right? Things that that I believe are super important, but you see, timing's not always there. See, as we're breaking free, it can become tempting to force timing on things in our life. Has anybody ever tried to force timing on something? You know, I do that quite a bit at Christmas time. I just try to force timing. I try to, you know, we're going to do this now. We're going to do this when I want to. We're going to, all this kind of stuff, right? See, we live in a fast-paced world, and we typically get things when we want them. I remember when I was little, we'd go to McDonald's on Friday nights, and if you didn't like onions on your hamburger, you just wiped onions off your hamburger. You couldn't go to the... They would just look at you like, you don't want onions? Just wipe them off. You see, we live in a society now where we can go anywhere and just say, I don't want this, I don't want that. I don't want the way you prepare it. That makes me sound bad now. Makes me sound like I don't... Like chefs don't know what they're doing. (laughs) 
But here's, here's the problem in this fast-paced world. And here's the problem in this timing and getting things when we want them. Is that we don't understand that God's timing is perfect timing. That, that the pace and the rhythm that God lives in and His timing, He sees it all and He sees where it's been, He sees where it's going. And we don't understand that that timing has to be perfect. So we don't understand our fast-paced society that I can't have it now. God, you must be mean and you must be this dictator in the sky and you're making me wait to, to give me patience, all this kind of stuff. In reality, God's saying, just trust my timing. See, a child by regeneration, that's, that's somebody that, like my kids, they're just physically my kids. See, we, we were created by God. There are natural things that we get being created by God and being in the creation. You see, sons and daughters by adoption, you now get to enjoy the inheritance. When I recognized that I was a son or a daughter or a son of my mom and dad, it became different. It wasn't just me as a baby crying when I was hungry or crying when I had to be changed or crying when I needed a nap. I realized that there's a relationship here. That they're, they're not just my protectors, but they're my providers. And that I needed to put my trust in my parents. Now you can kind of see where I'm going with this in the timing, right? There's a, there's a time in our life that we will look at Jesus and we'll look at this gospel, right? And His birth through His resurrection is the reason we happen, happen to have this opportunity to become sons and daughters, right? And by His perfect sacrifice, our sins are forgiven, but the timing was crucial for when that happened. See, there's all these different prophecies throughout the Bibles. And Jesus had to come at the exact time so He could be hung on a tree as He was crucified for us because it said it back in Psalms and it said it back in Isaiah that a man would be hung from a tree and forgive our sins. He would become cursed for our curse. And that's not only the reason why it was crucial for that timing to happen. I've said this before, and it's been a few years since I've said it, but you've got to understand the timing when Jesus died on the cross was so specific that God had to have that happen because there was like basically one language that people spoke. Most people in that known world spoke Greek, but they also spoke a, a, a language called Aramaic. Right, Aramaic was kind of a mixture of languages that everybody learned to speak. They actually started learning that at the end of the Persian Empire going into all this, um, going into the Roman Empire. Everybody started speaking this kind of mixture between Greek and Aramaic. That's why the Old Testament's written, or the New Testament's written in Greek. And so now you have everybody speaking a language that everybody can understand. They can either go between Greek or they can go between Aramaic or they can speak the language that they grew up in, right? But that's about the only time that you look in the history of the world where most everybody in the known world could kind of communicate with each other. And then along came the Roman Empire, and, and one of the most famous things that the Roman Empire did, other than all the other things that you read about the Roman Empire, is the road structures that they built. They needed a quick way to get their soldiers from Rome to wherever they needed to go. So they built this road structure where we always hear all roads lead to what? Rome. 
I always say all roads lead to gratis because when I was in high school and got lost, I ended up in gratis. Don't ask me how. I'd be going south, and next thing you know, I'm in gratis. There must be 18 gratises around here. But You see, we personally, in 2021, 22, sorry, I even said that in my head. I even said 2022 in my brain and still said 21. Two days into 2022, we personally have this gospel because of the timing that God had, the perfect timing that He had when Jesus died on the cross. From Acts to the end of Revelation, everything had to do with they were able to speak the same language and they could get wherever they wanted to do, wherever they wanted to go. Paul is writing to a church in Galatia, which isn't Jerusalem, by the way. We've talked about that way when we started this. That's why the timing of his sacrifice was so perfect. So we have the chance to become a son or daughter. Not just a creation piece of God, an actual son and daughter. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says this, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows His love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The world needs hope now as it did when Jesus walked on the earth. The timing right now is a perfect timing that God has placed you in because the world needs hope just like it did when Jesus died on the cross. See, just like then... Understand, we always think, man, they, they don't know what. They don't know the debauchery that we know in the United States in 2022. Hmm. See, they lived in a self-obsessed society. Just like we live in a self-obsessed society. And the only hope the world needs is the saving grace of Jesus. Just like he died over 2,000 years ago, we need the same grace today needs to see what the way looks like. What's that better way look like? And how do we do that? We show that by our worship. Not just the way we sing, by the way that we live our life. The timing that we trust in, in, in God in our life is the way that we worship. It's my worship. It's my offering. This is the, last, you know, the, the second song we sung. This is, this is my worship. This is my offering. This is my life. This is my heart. This is me trusting the timing that you have because I'm a son and I'm a daughter of you. Now, I didn't do that very well with my mom and dad. When they say I have to wait for something, right? I was impatient. My kids are that way as well. But ultimately, the, the greatest way that we can worship is to trust in God in all things in our life, and that includes timing. Francis Chan, one of my favorite preachers, if you don't know Francis Chan, just YouTube him after church, and you're going to fall in love with him. You may never listen to me preach again. Got great books. One of the books that changed my life. Crazy love. Changed my life. Francis Chan says this, The point of your life is to point to Him. Whatever you're doing, God wants to be glorified because this whole thing is His. See, the timing of everything that God did was perfect because God knows it all.
And that's how, we, that's how it's possible we become a son of a daughter. A son and a daughter is we trust in that timing. We trust in the grace and we trust in the sacrifice he did with Jesus. And now we're not only just a creation piece. We are actually sons and daughters and co-heirs with Jesus Christ and what God the Father has for us. So the second question is, what does it mean to be mature? Grace is more than performance. See, we measure everything these days. Data growth. Um, Nicole will go through starting, or she already did at the, at the tail end of um, before break. She was measuring, measuring the data growth of her students from their, their beginning tests and their SLOs, all that kind of stuff. And uh, she does really well. Now, sometimes the state doesn't recognize that because of where the growth and where her students are and the start. I won't talk a whole lot about that. Um, Work, workplaces, performance growth. How much, how much performance is there? Are you growing? Are you getting better as, you, as you're working? Um, everything has some kind of measurement to it. See, when we had both our kids, and they had very important things that had to be measured. When Brody was born, everything was great for about 12 hours, and then his head started expanding. So the measurement on his head was very important. Lily, when she was in Nicole's womb, her stomach was measuring small. Which, she likes to eat. (laughs) But it doesn't mean she's got a big stomach. But it was measuring small. So we knew the importance of measurements as soon-to-be parents and parents. We knew what those could be. See, we measure everything in our everything. So since we're inundated with growth in all parts of our life, it's very easy to apply this with our journeys of faith in Jesus. We want tangible things that we can measure to see how we're doing. This is why the Judaizers, this is the whole reason why the book of Galatians was written. We're trying to say the Gentiles needed to be circumcised to become a follower. It showed a physical way that you may be a mature follower. See this Galatians 4 verse 3. In the same way also when we were children we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. That word elementary basically in our language means the ABCs. The law was the ABCs of the principles of this world. Some of you may call it karma. If I do good things, good things will happen my way. Some people might just be saying, I'm going to do good to people and expect good back. You know, I I love watching Dusty and Stacey's kids, but when you get a group of kids that age together, are they always... Doing well with each other. I like to grab what's theirs. I like to take, always say, go watch Kathy. If we had a window to watch Kathy, I'm sure Charlie and Bo's getting along great in there. Right? See, because we, we, even as kids, we understand that mind's mind, but we also under, understand when we get a little bit older in kindergarten, the golden rule, do, do unto others as, they, as you want them, as you want them to do to you, right? Well, you understand, that's the ABCs of faith. The law is basically the ABCs of faith. This is the, the laying foundation of how to please God. 
And we get stuck with the ABCs and we make it an act of what we are maturing in. We, our dog has just realized, and I'm, I'm not going to chase this rabbit very long, that we can basically say, hey, Simon, it's time to go lay down. And he gets in his crate by himself. It's taken like two and a half years for that to happen. It's unbelievable. Like he's in, and Nicole's like, you're such a big boy. It's because he's trained that he gets a treat when he gets in his crate, right? Or he's just tired of our family and he wants to be quiet and just wants us to leave him alone. See, even dogs understand if I do this, then something may happen. It's just an elementary ABCs of life. See, we have made the act of performing for God look like a mature way to live. I've read my Bible this morning. I've done this. I've come to church. I've went to Bible study. I've done all this kind of stuff. We've made it look like a mature way to live when in fact it's just the ABCs. If you want to get closer to God, you're going to read His Word. You're going to pray. You're going to do those things, right? That's just the ABCs of life. It's the, it's the entry point to faith in God, right? But Paul shares that maturity is knowing each one is on their own journey, and by grace we can help them out on their own journeys. See, that's, that's maturing. That I don't look at everybody in this room as being on my journey, and I'm going to make you do the things that I do to get closer to God. Mature way is to say, you're on your own journey, and you're at a place where God wants you to be in His perfect timing. You see, I can't weigh you down by... See, working out and conditioning is very important in sports. I used to tell the guys I coached that, that, listen, I hated running, but it was necessary. That's why I never used running as punishment. Now, the other coaches did, don't blame me. Because when somebody saw running as punishment, it became a condition in their brain, well, I don't like this. See, working out and conditioning, it's necessary but it's not the reason why we do things. I don't just work out. Well, I mean, Grant, I work out to, to look great. Basically, Christmas ruined that for me. But, um, but you see, when I'm playing a sport or I'm in a journey or if I'm on something like that, it's not the reason why I'm on a journey. It helps. But the reason why we're on these journeys with God is to get closer to God and become more like Him. But for some, even including my own life, listen, I've put the things that are like the dumbbells, and I've made them look like I'm more mature than somebody else because I do them. And ultimately, that's not what these faith journeys are about. That's not what they're about. They're about bringing people alongside, encouraging one another, loving one another, picking each other up when we fall. J.D. Greer, another one of my favorite preachers. Once again, if you look him up on YouTube, you'll probably never listen to me again. He says this, My identity and my security are not in my spiritual progress. My identity and my security are in God's acceptance of me, given as a gift in Christ. Let me read that again. My identity and my security are not in my spiritual progress. My identity and my security are in God's acceptance of me given as a gift in Christ. 
Your progress is your progress. That's just you getting closer to God and sharing God and their grace. And that, that's what Paul is saying to the Galatians in these first three chapters. Quit using the ABCs to make yourself, make yourself look better than somebody else. Use the ABCs to seek God, but also use them to help others seek God. Don't find your identity in those things. So as I get ready to end, I'm going to ask Jen to come back up. And I know this is hard. My whole life, I was not by my parents, but my, my whole young church life was like, do this, do this. But in my brain, what happened was, I didn't see it as a way of, of supplementing my walk with, with Christ. I made it my walk with Christ. Well, if I don't do this, God's going to strike me. Well, if I don't do this, this is going to happen. If I do this, this will happen. All this kind of stuff. And what God has been telling me over the last few years is simply this. Live in my grace. Live in my mercy. And show people that that grace and mercy exist as well. Be gentle with people like I'm gentle with you. Encourage people to walk. Yes, call out people when things are not right. But do it in a way that is loving. So let us fight this pool of performance. And just live in the grace of God. Let us trust in His timing in all things in our life. We need to stop the drive to performance and understand the grace we are provided is provided to all of us as well. See, it's not just when we fall, it's for everybody else. So we need to be more passionate about grace than we are about being mature in our faith. And I'm saying that like it's easy. Like I said, we are inundated with performance goals in our society. Any day. I mean, everything's a performance goal. And how do you show grace? <laughs> right? How can, how can I mark that on my scoreboard? And I, I truly believe, and I started having this thought yesterday, that's the way God wants it. He wants you to live in something that you can't even keep score of. He wants you to experience something that you can't even keep score of because guess what happens? Guess, guess where the worship goes? If you can't keep score of it and you can't keep a mark like I did this, I did this. Now don't get me wrong. Reading your Bible, being in a, being in a Christian community, those things are super important. Do them. I'm not telling you not to do them. But here's the thing. If I'm living my life with a check mark and a starboard, and I'm saying, I did this, I, did, oh, I didn't do it, I'm going to make it up, i got to do this, or God's just going to quit loving me. See, I can keep score of that. And guess who gets worshipped on that? But if I can't keep score of grace, guess who gets worship in that? So two questions I'm done this morning. First one is simply this. Are you a son or a daughter of God?
Have you cried out and said, forgive me. I want to follow you. I want to be a daughter. I want to be a son of God. Trusting in what He's done in your life. If that's not you, I'd love to talk to you more about it. And the second question is, and I'm done, how are you basing your spiritual maturity? For me, to be totally honest, a lot of it's been about what I've done or what I'm going to do or all that kind of stuff I've been saying hey I'm way mature but here's the thing my prayer for 2022 for me and church in the village is that we redefine what that looks like and we start loving the unlovable and we start showing grace to the ones that aren't very grace filled Because ultimately, if I start thinking about being spiritually mature, that means you're looking more like Jesus and you're actually loving the ones that you wouldn't think that we would love. So how are you basing your spiritual maturity? Are you just using those ABCs and saying, hey, I'm doing this, this, and this? Are you genuinely following Jesus getting closer? So as I pray, I'm going to ask you guys to stand. Father, we thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Lord, I thank you so much that even ultimately all the times that I fail, you're still there to pick me up. I'm thankful for that none of it's ever been based. Your love has never been dictated by my performance at all. And I want to worship that in my life. I want to put you forefront in my life because of what you've done through your son, Jesus Christ, and what that has meant that I am now a son and daughter, or a daughter, or I'm, I'm a co-heir with Jesus. I don't want to ever get over that. So let us just ring in this new year just to get closer to you. And I pray for that one today. That is saying, I'm ready to become a a son or a daughter. I'm ready to follow. We give you the glory for that, Lord. We give you the glory for what you're going to do in our lives and for the people that you're going to save. We worship you. Amen.
Appreciate you guys coming out, spending your new year with us. Um, once again, have a happy new year, and we'll see you guys next week.